Black & Nero was a virtual conference last week dedicated to the success and support of all Black individuals in neuroscience-related fields. The online event united a new community of more than 300 people spanning multiple countries, career stages, and research interests. It's Tuesday, August 4th, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Josh Anderson. Casey Williamson sat down with two OHSU neuroscientists to discuss the first Black in Neuro Week, a week celebrating Black excellence in neuro-related fields. I'm here with Akila McCain, a postdoc in behavioral neuroscience. Thanks, Akila, for being here with me today. Thank you for having me. And um, we're here to talk about the first Black in Neuro Week. How did you get involved with this? You know, I saw an advertisement on Twitter, actually, went ahead and um, logged onto the website, registered for the events, looked through events, and it, it, was, it just looked great. You know, every day there's a lot of stuff going on, really catered to everyone at different levels of their career, um, and just really important to, you know, when you are Black in neuroscience, you might, you know, you might be the only person in your program. And so I think it's really great for people to see, you know, postdocs and faculty and, and undergrads and graduate students, you know, just to know that you're not alone, um, and just to build this new support network. Uh, people who might have experienced things similar to you. So Black and Neuro Week had panels, discussions, live events. What events did you participate in? Yeah, so I, I tuned into uh, a lot of the panels. So they had a really nice journal club panel. Um, they had one where they talked about different careers and, and industry, which was really uh, eye-opening. And, you know, anytime someone talks about a non-traditional career, you're just like, ah, you know, I didn't even know I could do that with my degree. There's so many different things you can do with this degree. It was great. The the art one, I didn't share anything, but I was really digging. There were a lot of really nice art pieces. And, and also, you know, when we think of art, it's not just a painting. You know, sometimes your body can be artwork, uh, you know, or you can you have, you know, your musician or, you know, any of that stuff. So it was just really cool. Um, all the panels have been really great. Um, and just, you know, just, just following the hashtags and, and learning about new people, um, their experiences, their journey into neuroscience, which has also been really cool to see. You know, some people had a lot of support and some people had no support. And, you know, it's really a testament to perseverance. And so, but it also, you know, you kind of take a step back and you're like, wow, what can I do in the future to, you know, to counter those non-supportive PIs? Or, you know, like if you see a graduate student struggling, you know, maybe I should step outside of my bubble and, and do what I can to help them. Um, because, you you know, you read these stories and you're like, wow, you know, everyone has a different journey. And we're, but we're all in this together. So it's, it's been really eye-opening. And what was your what was your path into neuroscience? Yeah, so I, uh, <laughs> you know, in high school I took a psychology course, and I had a really great uh, teacher, Mr. Quayar. And Mr. Quayar actually had like a special little group of people who were interested in psychology a little bit more. Um, and he would take us to uh, seminars on the at the local college campus, and there was like five of us, and he would drive, and you know, it was just really cool. And so I was like, yeah, I'll major in psychology. I like this, you know. So I just majored in psychology. And, um, you know, I really got fortunate at, like, every step along the way. So when I was an undergrad, I remember emailing professors to work in their lab because I was like, oh, I need research experience. And, like, a lot of people just didn't respond. And I know now that people are busy, but it was, you know, those emails just went nowhere, and I didn't really know what to do after that. Um, but my friend told me about this program. It was a Howard Hughes fellowship, and it was about, you know, getting minorities into um, uh, 
giving them research experience and it was a two year program. And I actually like I read the qualifications and I think my GPA was just a little low. Um, I worked full time during undergrad. And so, like, you know, you talk about balance and learning and it was it was just a struggle. And so my GPA was uh, average and at times sub average. And so I was like, I don't even think I qualify. And the director of the program emailed me and he's like, oh, we haven't received your application <laughs> yet. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll get on that. And so I applied for this program that I, I'm, you know, I, I'm unsure if I met the qualifications and I got in and it put me in, in direct contact with the uh, PI, you know, so all the, the unanswered emails like this. So I worked with uh, Brian O'Donnell and I got two years of paid research in his lab. And I mean, and it was, it was great. He did a schizophrenia work and I got to do surgeries and, you know, just all these things I never thought I would do. And I'm, I'm positive. I'm hundred percent positive that if I had not worked in his lab and had that experience, I never would have gotten into graduate school. Because, again, my GPA was average. My GREs were average. You know, it was just I, I was a non-stellar student. You know, I'm, I'm working 40 plus hours a week and, you know, trying to balance. I was a double major. Um, it was, you know, college just wasn't easy. And I didn't know how to study. There were, you know, there were all these things I just didn't know how to do. But I got that that undergrad experience. And, um, and so then I, you know, I got into grad school. And even that, like, I didn't get into grad school right away either. You know, the first time I put my applications out, I had no idea what I was doing. And I was just like, ah, where do I want to live? Oh, your research looks cool. And so I was applying to like Alzheimer's labs. And I'm like, oh, Alzheimer's, that's interesting. Oh, drug addiction, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting too. And I was just putting everything out there. And nothing can, you know, I, I didn't get into any of those programs. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I kind of had to take a step back and, and really um, learn, you know, like learning how to apply to graduate school. You know, no one, no one tells you that. And that's, you know. It's an opportunity for mentorship, for sure, you know, going forward, if I, if I see someone, you know, and I've tried to pass on the information that I know about how to apply to graduate school. Um, but yeah, so I, I got into graduate school at IUPUI. Um, I had two really great mentors. I met Vita at SFN and interviewed with her, and we, we immediately clicked, and it was, it was like, this is, this is where I want to be. Vita was at OHSU, and so I was like, oh, yeah, OHSU has a, you know, a good reputation in science. Vita has a good reputation as a scientist. You know, I looked at what her mentors or her mentees were doing, rather. Um, and so, yeah, I, I um, joined her lab as a postdoc, and here I am. She also seems like she really stands by her trainings. She does. You know, I, I feel like um, she's really committed. And, you know, one of the things that really stood out to me when I interviewed with her, we were talking about, you know, careers. And I was like, you know, I, I, I'm kind of pursuing academia right now, but I'm also open to industry. And she was essentially like, you know, wherever you want to go, I'll support you. And not every mentor has that mindset, you know, and I was like, well, this is great, you know, because I think I know where I want to go. But I also know that this could change, <laughs> you know, in, in any at any point in time, my you know, career trajectory could change. And so she's she's 100 percent supportive of where I want to go and what I want to do. Um, and I, it, that's, you know, that's just great. So what would you like to see happen with the Black and Neuro Week in the in the coming years? I think it should be an annual thing. Uh, it's, it's been really great. And, you know, like these individuals, they did a lot of work. Like, I, I feel like when I first heard about like the, the time between the planning and the execution was really small and, and it's fantastic. This was a great week. You know, <laughs> I mean, you, I just can't emphasis, emphasize enough, you know, how incredible this was. And so, yeah, I absolutely think that, you know, everyone, more people should get on board, you know, pay these people for the, their hard work. And see the value in what they're what they're doing too. You know, it's not just a box to check because I know that, that that that's the other side of things, right? There are people who are like, "Oh, another race related thing. Let me check this box. Oh, I did my job. I'm I'm you know, no, 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 no. You know, really soak up the the gold that is being given to you. 
you know, and, and not only that, you know, when the week is over, you know, don't just check your box off and be like, the week is over. Integrate what you learned, you know, going forward into into everything you touch, you know, every every mentee that comes across your path, you know, your interactions with your mentors. I think there's, there's just so many opportunities um, for this. And I'm just, I'm so grateful that these individuals uh, put the time into this, the thoughtfulness, and it was just so thorough too. You know, there was literally something for everybody. People want to hear and people want to learn. And I feel like that's really new. You know, you know, there's individuals out here who um, I've I talked to some and they didn't even know that racism was still a thing. And, you, you know, you don't even know how to address that. <laughs> like, really, you, you know, you, th- you think everything's just great. You don't see inequalities anywhere, anywhere. It's so subtle sometimes. Sometimes it's overt, but sometimes it's so subtle. And there's a lot of gaslighting. And I think most people really want to believe in other people. You know, you don't want to think that, your neighbor, you know, did this thing like, no, she's she's a good person. She doesn't have those thoughts. People that don't think that racism is still a thing, yeah, you know, and right. want to believe that people are just good, you know, and that that, well, if we all work hard, we can all, you know, climb up to whatever, you know, yeah. but it's just it just takes a little diving to look at these systems that have been in place and, you know, just generational wealth. You know, you talk about generational wealth and, and segregation and being able to own land. They don't, they don't want to talk about things like that. They, it's the discomfort, right? People don't want to feel uncomfortable. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. I'm here with Andre Wolcott, a postdoc at the Cancer Early Detection Advanced Research Center at the Knight Cancer Institute. Andre, thanks for joining us. He, this week, is participating in the Black and Neuro Week, the first one. Andre, thanks for joining us. I wonder, how did you get involved with the Black and Neuro Week? So I actually have been a big big proponent of Twitter and doing a lot of racial and racial equity work um, at OHSU. Um, but when this actually came up, I just, I knew some of the organizers, but I'm not like officially like a part of it. I mean, I'm not officially like an organizer or anything, but I did tweet out some of my stuff. Um, so they have like a, a black and neuro roll call. Roll call. Um, and so I tweeted out um, a picture of myself and introducing myself. So I've been kind of just going to some of the different um, panels that they've had and different talks they've had. Um, unfortunately, I haven't been able to do a lot of them live because I am still working throughout the week. Um, and going to all my meetings, but just being there and seeing all of the people kind of participating as really, I'm really about it because that's something I didn't have when I first started as a grad student at OHSU. When you say that's something you didn't have, what is it that you didn't have? That kind of community or knowing other people? Yeah, so I didn't have the community of of being a black person in neuroscience, especially at OHSU. Um, Cause when I first started, I was the only person um, who was black that was in the neuroscience, in the behavioral neuroscience department. Um, and I actually found out in my second year that I was gonna be the first um, black graduate of the behavioral neuroscience department at OHSU ever. So that kind of was a little daunting. It was a bittersweet feeling um, and then I found out uh, kind of right before I defended that I was going to be the first black male to get a PhD from OHSU in the School of Medicine ever. Um, so when I say like the, having that community, when at, towards the end of my time uh, as a grad student, 
I kind of found that community on Twitter and that really helped me really finish out that last about year, two years. Um, Cause there was definitely points I was not gonna, cause I didn't have that community, especially at OHSU. So you were the first black man to get a PhD from the OHSU School of Medicine. Yeah, that's what I was told from uh, the office at the time. And And what year was this? This was 2019. Just checking. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So what's your work in? So I uh, previously in my grad graduate studies, I um, looked at alcohol effects on social relationships in prairie voles. And then once I finished that, I'm now currently at Cedar. Um, I have a kind of different postdoc than most people because most people's postdocs, they're in a lab at the bench doing um, some computational stuff, but I am now on the more of the program management side. So a few things that I actually do, my big, I call my, my hats that I'm working on is um, diversity, equity, inclusion initiatives within CEDAR, also around OHSU. And the other hat is working on interns and internship programs and trying to build those pathways for underrepresented minorities to get into research, um, especially because CEDAR is such a new center. So we're trying to build that pathway in itself to get students in. Um, a lot of the students I'm trying to get into are from PSU, um, but hopefully we can expand that to further institutions within Oregon and with outside of Oregon as well. And then my last big hat that I do is work on professional and career development opportunities for trainees, so grad students, postdocs, research assistants, and technicians. Um, and so trying to help them with CVs, resumes, um, looking at non-academic careers, looking at academic careers. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of the stuff that I love to do. And I am working on that also with other folks at OHSU, not within also outside of CEDAR. Um, so like I actually just ran a presentation on CVs into faculty positions for the um, OFDIR, which is the OHSU Fellowship for Diversity and Research. Your work at CEDAR as a postdoc includes uh, a lot of outreach for diversity and inclusion. Is this, has this been an opportunity to do any kind of outreach that might help you in that role? Um, yeah, it actually has it. It, it has built um, some relationships and asking people on some of the things that their institutions are doing to hopefully better OHSU's institute, OHSU in itself. Um, so just it's built definitely some relationships that will help me and OHSU overall to build these networks and finding out what works at different institutions and what doesn't work. And so helping that um, and having those, those um, ideas uh, has been super helpful so far. So this was the first Black and Euro Week 2020. What do you hope, see, hope to see moving forward? Yeah, so like you were saying, like I hope to see that it happens every year. And one thing that I think would actually be really cool is a like conference of some sort comes out of it, because um, that would just building those connections and um, so more of those like networking and seeing more programming behind it, more outreach that is maybe from the organization. Uh, maybe they get, I mean, looking at how much funding they got through so many different institutions that actually gave money to them seeing the amount of people are actually willing to give money to, to something like this 
I'm hoping more more organizations, institutions are willing to do that. Um, so I'm really hoping something bigger comes out of it in the sense of maybe some type of fellowship for students, maybe some a conference of some sort that we can bring everyone together in person after, of course, when it's safe to travel. But hopefully something like that comes out of it. And then so people can build those bigger networks. So there aren't a lot of role models for young people in the neurosciences. How did you become interested? Um, I went to Bowdoin College, a small laboratory school in Maine. Um, and I got there and right before we started, there was a, um, they called, it's called the Bowdoin Science Experience. So you go a week before school starts and you kind of get this intro into college sciences. Um, it's mostly for unrepresented minorities or people economics, socioeconomic status. So that was kind of my intro into, I knew I wanted to do something sciencey, I would say. My biggest thing was like, all right, there's only, there's the only field I really know is medical. Like I want to go into medical field. I want to become a doctor. That's all I knew. I was like, if you like science, you become a doctor. And then I was introduced to one of my, one of my professors who became my mentor um, on neuroscience. And, and I actually joined his lab just to get some lab experience. And it was the people who kind of opened those doors for me first. And I realized like, oh, I am passionate about research. Um, and, and I'm less passionate about the medical field in the sense of like working with patients and whatnot. So I started doing learning and memory research in undergrad and I just fell in love with it. Um, and then after that, I started, I worked at Albert Einstein College of Medicine and worked in a neuroendocrinology lab. Um, and so that was really my intro to neuroscience. It was just, I am so passionate. And so I was so interested in the biology and the brain itself, because the brain is so fascinating. We know so much about it, but we also know nothing about it. And, I, and I'm always interested in how like, uh, like sociality works in people. And I realized like, oh, I can combine psychology and biology together. And it creates this field that like, it is just so it's mind blowing to me for sure. So that was like my really big intro. And that's why I was really interested in neuroscience um, itself because it was the combination of two fields that I loved. And it just, I couldn't think of a better field for myself. So, and, and can you wrap up for me what, what this sort of Twitter virtual event has, has meant for you? It has meant so much for me because I'm looking at it and I'm like, there are so many people out there who look like me, who are in higher positions than me that I never thought was possible. Um, and I, to me also, this event is just the tipping of the iceberg because now it's going to last forever and it's always going to be out there and there'll be hopefully more support to get more black students into all roles in the sciences and not just the training levels, but also in the leadership roles and seeing, and it really put also in the perspective, the amount of black people who are in those roles, the leadership roles, and those people are now gonna become mentors to a lot of students and to a lot of people and like role models and seeing that they can, seeing that they can do it. Um, so I, I am I'm really grateful and really happy that this, again, is just the beginning. Thank you so much for joining us. It's really exciting that you're that you've moved from being the first ever black man to graduate from the OHSU School of Medicine to becoming somebody who's going to recruit a new generation of young black trainees and other people of color and many people to Knight Cancer Institute and OHSU in general. So thanks. Thanks for joining us and thanks for what you do. Yeah, and thank you for having me.
OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced by Casey Williamson and edited by me. I'm Josh Anderson. Thanks for joining us.